0: Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids
1: Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zahner. I'm Zook, and this is a different way of starting off the episode, since I completely screwed up the number last time.
0: (laughs) That's right, I forgot we discussed that after the fact, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did, and of course I never fixed it. Um but I think everyone else figured it out. I mean I didn't get too much hate for it online.
0: Did you get any though? That's I question. didn't.
1: No one even notices. They just listen to our voice for its calm, soothing effect. You know? Uh huh. They don't actually listen to anything we say.
0: We just act as a nice laxative for
1: I could I could I could say my name is Fart Gas Pemberbottom and they wouldn't even know.
0: We've talked some pretty cool names on this show.
1: Hashtag FartGas Penderbottom. Yeah,
0: we got hashtag hacks on our news going on.
1: We do, we do. But hey, uh, before we go any further, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, WP Cycle Web Hosting, the best in WordPress hosting, Eagle Moss Limited, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and Salt Lake Comic Con.
0: Yes, we are just a few days away. We're getting close.
1: I I may have repeated uh, someone there a couple times, but hey, that just means more love.
0: I I think you may have, but you know what? There's so many of them. I can't keep it all straight. We should really write it down so that we just know. That's what I used to do on Generic Geek. Yeah. Then then when I didn't have it anymore, I was completely lost. If you heard the last Generic Geek podcast, you heard that. It was embarrassing.
1: Yeah, no no different. than normal for you, you know.
0: That is true. I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, but
1: uh, Hey, we got some feedback. First out, shout out to our man Kyle, good hearing from you. Um second off, we have uh email from Glue, from My Feast on Glue and his says, I bought a new phone. Good. If you remember from previous feedbacks, he was wondering about leaving Windows Mobile and probably going towards Android so he could play Ingress and Pokemon. Uh, He says, I bought a new phone. Verizon does not have the S6 active because it is apparently an AT&T exclusive. You are right. I forgot about that. My apologies. He bought the S7 Edge. He's not a fan of the screen size because it's more difficult to use one hand for everything without accidentally pressing something else, but everything else is great. Good battery, good-looking screen, screen feels good and smooth, the edge bar is nice. Now, having used iOS, Windows Mobile, and Android, I can say I prefer Windows Mobile, but Android is still better than iOS. Maybe in a few months of using Android, I'll prefer it more to Windows, but I doubt it. Thanks for recommending me good phones. It's nice playing Pokemon go without having to internet share to an iPod that doesn't have a GPS. Thanks glue. I actually agree still to this day. I still miss my windows mobile phone and we have to clarify. It's actually just windows phone because windows mobile was a different OS, even though it's windows 10 mobile phone, which is one of the (laughs) many reasons why it's not doing well is because of its name.
0: Yeah, it is a little confusing, is it not?
1: It is now. You, uh, you glue. You will get used to the um, to the size, um, which is you know that's what she said. One of the most classic lines there. <laughs> but I actually found, and keep in mind, this is coming from someone who loves my S7. I love my S7. I actually ran it without the case last week. Um, you know, it sits in your pocket, it gets kind of linted up. It's good to take it out every once in a while, clean it off, clean the case. Um, I didn't realize this before, but the phone is skinny enough. And even on my phone, that isn't the edge. It doesn't have the edge bar. It's still sensitive enough that I was hitting things, just trying to hold the phone. And when I tried holding it one handed, it was just a mess. I couldn't do it. And part of that was because of how thin it was and because of how slippery it was. It's not enough to ever make me not love the phone. I still love the phone. And it's very possible, read lightly, that I just simply got used to the case. But it is something to keep in mind, too. If he was moving up, whatever he was moving to, to move to an S7 Edge, that's a big jump.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I like some of those words that you use to describe your experience with the phone, because it just sounded so dirty.
1: It does. Though, what's funny is the fact that even though I have an S7, and I love my S7, now they've announced the S7 Note, and I'm kind of tempted to upgrade. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Hardware-wise, it's exactly the same, except it's now has the double edge. Um, like the S7 Edge does. And it's a 5.7 inch screen. But uh, bigger battery, bigger screen.
0: Big batteries S-Pen. are
1: nice. Big batteries are nice. Um, thanks, Glue. Next email comes to us from Paul. Um, he, he's he been talking about us with phones as well. Talking specifically about the LG G5. And somehow he got his hands on one. And he sent me a picture. It says, got my, got my hands on one this morning, and it feels like it's going to break. Also got a test model of the S7 Edge, which is beautiful, but not sure the Edge adds anything to the party. Thanks, Paul. Um, you know, I've heard people say both things about the Edge. Some people go, well, it doesn't really add anything. And other people go, yeah, it takes a while to get used to it. But once you get used to it, you can't live without it. So, I don't know each their own, I guess. <laughs> well, I remember when Samsung first came out with the idea of the Edge, right? Mm-hmm. And it was that stupid notification area. The idea was that if you had your phone down, then it could still give you notifications along the Edge. Yes. Which, in hindsight, well, no wonder people didn't use it that way. That sounds horrible.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I remember when the S... Was it the S6 Edge? Was that the first one? When that came out, you and I were both kind of of the opinion that it was just kind of a gimmick and wouldn't really catch on, but then it did, and it proved to be an actually really good phone.
1: Well, they ended up having to change the way you uh, interact with it, so they tweaked the software a bit. I still think that in its original iteration, it was just a gimmick. It, they didn't know what they were doing to it. And either Samsung took a page from Apple and brainwashed us into thinking this is a feature we can't live without, or they really made some significant changes to it and actually made it a feature we can't live without. And I don't know which one it is yet.
0: Yeah, did we get Appled? (laughs) That's, that's, yeah, I hadn't considered that.
1: It happens. happens more often than we'd like to think. I know, because we're just fools. Indeed. Hey, um, so I, I, I I'm this is not in our headlines but I feel the need to bring something up I'm typically I, I think Zahner and I are both really good at being pretty honest about finding accurate news stories <laughs> and
0: we try
1: we try and we are not ones to just jump on the first thing we see on Facebook and hold to it as if it's gospel truth And this last week, I did exactly that. I ended up reacting and posting about a news story that I think is fake. And I say that because I can't verify it. So it happens to the best of us, right? It does. And that kind of leads into our first headline because Facebook is now trying to implement a new algorithm that will block clickbait articles and false news articles. They... Don't want to. They, they want to rate articles on how transparent they are, how easy they are to find, how clickbaity they seem, and whether or not the information seems accurate. Uh, Which cra- is funny to me.
0: Yeah, the crazy thing about this is Facebook is implementing this algorithm, and you won't believe what happens next.
1: I know, right? <laughs> it completely blew my mind.
0: It did. Oh my gosh. I hate clickbait more than just about anything else out
1: there. I do, too. But is it just me, or is this kind of funny, considering we were just talking about Facebook either last episode or the episode before, about how they were suppressing news stories?
0: Yeah, and now they're suppressing more stories.
1: Or, but you know, you or they're suppr- judging others for suppressing them. I, yeah. I don't know how to read this.
0: I, I'm totally cool with suppression of clickbait, though, because... I don't know who decided, was it BuzzFeed that first started doing this? But whoever did, they suck. They, like, really suck.
1: I got to the point where it was like, when clickbait first came about, it was like, okay, okay, that was kind of cool. That was an inspirational thing. Or, wow, that really was amazing. But then they started doing it on things like, you won't believe what happens next. Then he ate a sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I do believe that. That sounds like a totally reasonable thing to do. Why Why on earth did you consider that shocking? It's like the newest generation of clickbait writers forgot what sensational was supposed to mean. Like when BuzzFeed first pioneered the technique, at least they got it accurate. You know, at least, wow, that was sensational. That makes me want to be more likely to click the next one I see like that. Yeah. And now it's like the woman opened her mail, and what happened, you won't believe what happened next. It was it a bill. was a letter It was a letter from her grandma. Um, okay I guess. Why do I care?
0: Yeah, I mean, I love some of the examples that they include in this article. When she looked under her couch cushions and she saw this, I was shocked. He put garlic in his shoes before going to bed, and what happens next is hard to believe. His feet smelled like garlic.
1: It's not hard to believe at all. People thought he worked in an Italian restaurant. I don't know.
0: I I put dog poo in my shoes before bed, and in the morning, there's dog poo in my shoes. There's no surprise there. Are you
1: easily surprised? Take this test. The results may shock you.
0: I hate clickbait. It is It is awful. It is awful. It is the bane of our society right now. And
1: I would say that it is not necessarily the cause, but definitely a symptom of the decline of the American population. The reason why we have Trump running for president is because people are so, that's place where people go to get clickbait articles are now also the same place people go to get their news and that says something
0: it really does doesn't it It makes me weep for humanity
1: and i'm going to bring this up later um in my favorite actually but the media has noticed like press has noticed you oftentimes now see journalism taking a backseat to getting clicks and as a result even normal, like like I see it on Forbes, I see it on you know the wall street journal
0: it's everywhere
1: it's everywhere it's like, how on earth am I supposed to take c n n seriously when this is a correspondent blogger who's saying i won't believe what happens next? No, I probably will, just tell me you're the freaking anchor
0: well, you know, they actually I saw a story today, I guess one of their. One of CNN's uh, Emmy award-winning reporters—I guess she's won three Emmys for her newscasts—and uh, I'll have to try and find the story. But she admitted, "Look, we take money from governments and we run the stories that they want." And when I heard that, I—I I was amazed. I, I did not believe what happened next. <laughs> I, I mean, know, but. Uh, You can't trust these... It's not journalism anymore. It's propaganda and clickbait. That's all it Mm -hmm. is. That's all it is. Just a bunch of propaganda and clickbait.
1: Thanks, everyone. You've ruined everything.
0: This is why we can't have nice things.
1: I didn't even believe what happened next.
0: I don't either. What does happen next? Well, next... In our our show. Like...
1: Well, okay, let's continue on with this, okay? So, um, we're going to skip the next headline and go to the one after that. Well, don't worry. We'll get back to it. It's a BlackBerry one, so you know we have to.
0: It's kind of our thing.
1: The, security, the chief of Homeland Security uh, of their cyber division has expressed concerns and wants to enact programs to protect the U.S. Electoral College and voting system from cyber attack. The worry is that someone could get in, compromise the results of the election, and that could mean bad things. Yes, that's true. However, if you think that our electoral college voting system is secure as it is, may I remind you what happened in 2000? where all it took was a dangling piece of paper to completely screw up the system. Yeah. Uh, may I remind you t- about teamsters and mobsters and bribes and corruption in, in politics and the electoral college system going back. Well, basically in since the second el- president, since John Adams.
0: Are, are you getting your history from Hamilton? Just out of <laughs> curiosity.
1: Well, no, because technically it didn't <laughs> happen with John Adams. It was uh, it was with Burr. Burr was the first one who openly campaigned. I know, but I'm
0: just joking.
1: I'm just saying, what's the most a hacker can do to the electoral college system that we don't do ourselves to screw things up?
0: You know, I think that's a good point, because, I mean, you look at the people that we keep voting for, it doesn't matter if they're hacking the system or not. I mean, we're going to bring our country to its knees regardless. Either some outside force will do it or we're going to do it to ourselves. And I think we may do it to ourselves quicker.
1: Let's say say that uh, the voting system is entirely vulnerable and North Korea's elite team of hackers spun up their gerbils and were able to hack into it and take control. Well, I don't know. Which one do you think North Korea would rather put in the White House, Trump or Clinton? Because I can imagine that most people in North Korea are going, well, maybe we'll just hold on to this cyber attack for another four years. <laughs> I
0: mean, <laughs> Although, I don't know. <laughs> let's be I, honest. I think either one of them can be bought. So, And let's face it, Hillary Clinton and Kim Jong-un, same fashion designer.
1: It's scary.
0: It really is. Did you, have, you, have
1: you noticed that he's like wearing the same thing that Neo wore in the second Matrix movie?
0: I have noticed that.
1: It's like it's so we can get his polygon count lower, so he's easier to render.
0: Probably. probably.
1: Now, so this sounds like we're going way off the rails political, but the truth of the matter is, is that right now, the electoral college system doesn't work, it doesn't represent, and it hasn't. There's been four elections in the history of the U.S., and you got to keep in mind, we're looking at, what, the 45th president, 46th? This is how bad I am, people. I don't even know which president this is. But that's four elections out of somewhere in the mid-40 amount of presidents. So we're looking at basically a 10% failure rate where the person who won the popular vote lost the election. That people were able to be voted into office who had lost the popular election. So I don't know if worrying about the cybersecurity of said election is really where it's at. No, I, I think I think the system's pretty broken as it is.
0: I completely agree. I completely agree. And, you know, I find it interesting as well. This story, BuzzFeed.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, here's what's funny. Going back to that, okay? BuzzFeed is actually put out some pretty decent journalism articles in the past year or so. They've really worked to start kind of redoing their image. Meanwhile, all the major old media sites are now trying to take up the mantle going, well, Hey, it worked so well for Buzzfeed. We should do that.
0: Well, and you know, I think it's a sad state of affairs when John Oliver and Buzzfeed are your hard hitting journalists.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I weep. <laughs> Let's go on to a lighter note. How about a bit of comedy? How about BlackBerry?
0: I was going to say that kind of goes along with the whole weeping thing.
1: Yeah, that too. So, what have we been saying, Zoner? back when we were four hosts just starting out? What were we telling BlackBerry they should do with their services? That
0: BlackBerry needed to take their services and sell them and make money that way instead. Instead of focusing on crappy hardware.
1: Excellent. So that was, what, four years ago? And what were we saying about them three years ago? Same thing. And two?
0: And same thing. One. Same thing.
1: Awesome. So here we are. It is 2016. It is August of 2016. We have been doing this show now for 277 episodes, plus the extra SOPA episode, plus all of our other numerous things. And you know what BlackBerry has decided to do?
0: Take our advice.
1: They have decided to take our advice in the stupidest, worst way possible.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting though, because I mean, let's face it—we single-handedly are responsible for their downfall, as one of our listeners pointed out a few years ago. And so, it's about time because, that they actually. No, I, started I would like to clarify, to
1: in case anyone didn't hear that episode or when I replayed it, um, he said that it was us in the media who were responsible for it. Which was hilarious on two fronts, and I think we said it then. One, that you consider us the media, and two, that you're blaming the media on their downfall. So, what we've been meaning, BlackBerry, because evidently you didn't understand what we were saying. Sell your services to another service as a software, or software as a service, or platform as a service provider. Meaning, Microsoft. Right? Yeah. Or Citrix. That'd be a good one, you know, or mobile iron. That's a good mobile device management firm. Not to us. We don't care. So what BlackBerry has done is they've taken the best of their software and services and have worked it together into what they call the BlackBerry hub plus and Here, I'll just read it off to you. It is the BlackBerry Hub, the Calendar, Password Keeper, Contacts, Tasks, Device Search, Notes, and Launcher. And you can get it on any Android. For only 99 cents a month, you can get it. So congratulations, everyone. You can now go out and pay them a monthly fee, albeit a small one, but a monthly fee to have obsolete software you stopped using five years ago. Just five. Device search? Oh, goody. I've always wanted that. (laughs) What did I do before I had the ability to search my device? Oh, I think I used uh, Android's built-in device search capability. Yeah.
0: I'm embarrassed for, for them at this point.
1: I... Well, in case you don't want to pay ninety nine cents a month for stupid software you hate and you hate having forced on you, there is a free option. However, like most things, the free option will <laughs> will serve you Blackberry ads. So maybe you just want to pay the ninety nine cents.
0: Will the will the Blackberry ads tell you to be bold?
1: Um, not if they don't want to be just crucified. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because that would be awesome.
1: Um, So uh, this is from Android and Me, um, this news article. And I'm just going to read here verbatim, quote, BlackBerry is caught in a bit of a conundrum with this move. While it's now made its services available to an enormous audience, it's also struck a serious blow to its hardware department. Many users of the BlackBerry Priv were sold on the device because of the software, not because of the hardware. With the software no longer being exclusive to Blackberry devices, it's difficult to see a clear path ahead for Blackberry's hardware division. End quote. I'm gonna guess this uh this journalist, quote unquote, has not been following Blackberry for the past few years because nothing in that sentence in that paragraph made any sense.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm thinking the path ahead for the hardware division is Get all the value out possible, by which I mean run it into the ground and then eventually sell it for pennies on the dollar.
1: If anyone thinks oh, sorry, were you finished or
0: Well, and if they can't sell it, it'll just sit in a warehouse for, you know, ever with all their playbooks.
1: The thing is, and if anyone believes we're being too cruel or unkind or just hating on them for no reason, there's a reason why we say the strategy we have, okay? Did you know that your phone, be it iOS, be it Android, be it Windows Mobile, be it anything, has technology in it from multiple different companies, which means at some point, the company who built your phone had to pay a licensing or royalty fee to the original company of that technology for whatever it is, okay? Your phone can record MP3s through the microphone. Well, guess what? They had to pay someone for the rights to that codec. Um, It has to be able to access Microsoft Exchange servers. Well, that means they had to pay Microsoft for the ability to do that, okay? This is is just how technology and business works. And sure, it may, may mean that Microsoft got... 2 cents for your phone just for that bit of it. But you know what? When Apple's just got done rolling off the 1 billionth iPhone, that means that's the 1 billionth unit that Microsoft got 2 cents for. Yep. It adds up and Microsoft didn't have to do anything for it. That's how Microsoft made money on Android because for every Android device that was sold and activated, Microsoft got 5 bucks. BlackBerry, this could have been your money.
0: It really you could
1: have. J- if you had jumped on this, you could have been saying, hey, look, for every iPhone that gets sold, 10 cents comes back to us, and they have built-in BlackBerry Enterprise Services right on the iPhone.
0: It I- really goes to show just what a disaster they are, that they couldn't even monopolize on something like that.
1: Yeah. It makes me mad, but I laugh too much to stay mad. Blackberry, I can't stay mad at you. You're just like you're like Strong Bad's little brother drawing of a puppy with no front legs.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: That's going to be the show image. Okay, so let's talk about broadband speed. Honor, what are you pulling right now?
0: Uh, I'm pulling about 100 down.
1: Um, I'm pulling 120 down if I'm hardwired into my router. I'm across the house right now. I'm pulling about 40 down.
0: My router. Do you remember
1: when, like, the average in, uh, the U.S. was, like, seven?
0: I do. Yeah. I remember when the average in the U.S. was about
1: 23K. Yeah, so, um... (laughs) Hashtag, I'm old. You're very, very, very old. But that's okay. We've moved up. And not an insignificant amount. We're up like 42%. And we have breached 50 megabits as the average speed in the U.S. for the first time ever. I think we're actually like around 54 megabits. That's nice. It is nice. And when you consider that that's average, okay? I am not average, That sounds both like a condemnation of myself and a brag. I'm not sure which.
0: It almost sounded like a humble brag.
1: Uh, Yeah, I pay more for internet service because I want faster service. It's not as important to other people. But you remember the FCC said that anything below 20 megabits is no longer considered broadband. I thought it was 30. Uh, Actually, I think it was 25, to be perfectly honest. But either way, so much of the available low-end service was below that mark. And so what did this do? It forced all the different ISPs to speed things up. And with how fiber has been going out everywhere now, and Google fiber has been really pushing that everyone else has come up. Now, this report does not take into account what the price per megabit is like the dollar per megabit. I wonder if we are still comparable or if, or if the price has gone up, 42% as well it doesn't say that and annoyingly this article also doesn't say so I had to find it on my own where we rank in the world and this actually isn't very easy because it turns out a lot of the different articles that talk about it are all very old they're saying you know North Korea beats the crap out of us at 8.9 megabits a second so what 3G
0: (laughs) I, I find that interesting that North Korea has like internet period
1: i said south korea i think
0: oh sorry i thought you said north
1: okay so right now uh the u.s is the 22nd okay in the world at 53.3 megabits singapore is the top at 98.5 average peak connection speed um and as an average that means that some people are getting below that But for everyone who's getting below that, there's someone getting above that, which is impressive. Hong Kong is 92.6. South Korea, 79. Kuwait, 76.5. Kuwait? (laughs) Romania is 71.6. That surprises me there. What the crap? Like, (laughs) like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um okay, like I would expect that of all the different um you know Southeast Asian countries to be a higher speed, but Romania,
0: yeah, what do they have there, just like vampires and stuff, don't they i, I well,
1: the vampire has a nice fiber connection, evidently,
0: well, you kinda need it.
1: Not a lot to do during the day? Yeah. Just kind I don't
0: of stay in your castle. And-
1: I'm kind of curious. I want to hear from everyone. Um, you know, just drop us a line on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatnot. What is the speed you get? What do you consider fast enough? Because I get it. Not everyone needs 100 megabits. Not everyone needs fiber connection to the house. Uh, some people don't use the Internet for as much stuff. But what to you is fast enough? Do you have 50 and it's just too slow? Do you have 100 and it's not fast enough? Do you have 20 and it's more than you need? I want to know. I'm interested. Just kind of a micro poll amongst our listeners.
0: You know, uh, at my last job, I would look through uh, beta test applicant uh, survey responses. And a lot of times we would ask them to post their speed test results. So that we knew, you know, what kind of connection they had and how fast it was, that type of stuff. And I used to just sit there and shake my head in disbelief at some of the numbers. I mean, I I think I saw a number upwards of 600, which I didn't know was even possible. Unless you're like, I don't know, jacked directly into like the internet line that runs across the country. Uh,
1: But... I live in the plenum space above the data center. They don't know I'm here.
0: <laughs> but now I've got 100 hundred down, and I just, I think to myself, you know, I can't go back to like 30 or even 50 down because it's going to just seem like everything takes forever to load. Whereas right Middle now, of next year.
1: Middle of next year, I'll be one gig up, one gig down.
0: It's just instantaneous now. And, uh, yeah, so, what what happens when the internet goes down? We're all just doomed. If we have to go back to dial-up speeds, could you imagine?
1: If the internet goes down, we'll all be forced outside to view the Daystar and its painful heat.
0: That is true, although... I, uh, I don't I, like that idea. Maybe we could catch the Pokemon while we're out there, because, you know, chances of it actually working are slim to none.
1: Can you imagine Pokemon Go on a dial-up? That's like eternal hell hey, right oh, there.
0: It would be awful. It, it's difficult on 4G.
1: And all you can find are Zubats.
0: Oh, Pidgeys.
1: Um, okay, so Google and Dashlane. If you don't know who Dashlane is, they are a password keeper, kind of like LastPass, kind of like a lot of those different vaults. They have been teaming up, and they're working on something they call OpenYOLO.
0: I hate it right now, just based I, on that name.
1: I Yeah, I don't know why they're not like doing this with a Red Bull and a popped collar and just going to town on our oh, credentials. The idea is you only log on once. Could you not find a better name?
0: <laughs>
1: Obviously not. Anything better than that. Anyway, what it is, in theory, what they're working on, is a password vault that can secure all your passwords, but allow easier integration with other services. Now, what's funny about this is the fact that I believe that's the tagline for every password manager. Yeah, pretty much. In fact, I believe that's the entire purpose of a password manager. Yeah. But they envision a future, and I kind of like this idea, where you've stored all your credentials, you simply log in once, and that's it. Everywhere you go, everything you do, as soon as you reach it, you're automatically given the access you need. But the problem, the inherent problem with this is, and I'm sure they've thought of it, but if you, dear listener, haven't, here it is. For every system that can access that password, that's a potential vulnerability, So, I don't know what they're thinking about, what they're talking about, while I'm sure on a technical level is possible, sounds very complicated. Very, very, I mean, we might be driving around on hyperloops before we get something this complex.
0: You know, when I hear about stuff like this, it absolutely terrifies the crap out of me. Because all you got to do is get one system that's not locked down properly or not secure and you got it all it's a freaking gold mine
1: that's and what I'm telling you we need to develop password centric um AIs I need to have an AI m- m- mounted to my wrist that controls all my credentials all my password access something wants access to my stuff it has to talk to the AI
0: that's a good idea Let's get on that, huh? We should. We need to get Schmitty developing some code there for us. But yeah, I mean, it. password managers scare me. I don't like to use them. I actually use KeePass, but the reason that I chose to use KeePass is because I store the, the database locally. I don't have it out there floating in the cloud for whomever wants to, to... Get it, you know.
1: Maybe that's why you've been hacked so many times. Maybe someone's compromised your computer locally.
0: No, no,
1: <laughs> just no. Famous last words.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> but no, I mean, I. All you've got to do, and in fact, didn't we talk about LastPass last week?
1: Um. Yes. Yes, being, we did. They had that zero-day compromise. Yeah.
0: I mean, all you got to do is get. Get one one password, and you've got all the passwords. It's like one ring to rule them all.
1: One password to bind them?
0: Yes. One password to screw over Zoner forever and all eternity.
1: Well, Google doesn't just need to do that, because at the moment they're also screwing over Windows 10 mobile users.
0: They really are, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Does that surprise you at all? Nope. And here's why. So I used Windows Phone 7. And then I used Windows Phone 8. And then I am now rocking the beta to Windows 10 Mobile. And the only reason I was able to use my Google accounts on it was because I used it. I signed up. I added it to my phone before Google dropped all support for Exchange. You remember this? It was like three years ago. Google decided to drop all support for Microsoft Exchange, saying quote, it wasn't prevalent enough. Yeah, There wasn't enough people using Microsoft Exchange, which we know is BS. We know that that's BS. That's Google being snide, being snarky, saying, well, we don't want people using our competitor's email system, so we're going to block it. So, A lot of people hated that because at the time Gmail used exchange to talk to windows phones. So if you already had your Gmail account hooked to your windows phone, they allowed you to keep that access. If you didn't, if you were trying to link up with it after that, you had to do it through IMAP, which keeps the calendar contacts and an email separate and also doesn't update the same way. So they've done this before. And I remember the huge stink they raised about it before, and now I guess they're taking it one step further and are blocking it on IMAP. And the only reason they think they can get away with this, the only reason they will get away with this, is because everyone's going to hear this and go, Yeah, but who who uses Windows 10 Mobile? Just use Android like you should.
0: I bet France would disagree. Although it is (laughs) Microsoft, so who knows?
1: Yeah, right? But no, I'm serious. That's they're going to get away with this because people don't use Windows 10 Mobile. But that's the wrong argument here. That's the wrong thing to focus on.
0: Oh, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, Google. I like Google. Um, we know Schmidty's a huge Google fanboy, but Google can kind of be dick sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't Google that.
0: No, no, don't do
1: that. Don't do that. Um, we only have a few headlines left. We're actually recording this super late. Um, Zana, I, you were out of town.
0: I, I was in Chicago.
1: Yes, I was. Chicago. The work. With the Bears.
0: Yeah, I I really wanted to go to a Cubs game, but I couldn't because they were all day games and I had to work during the day. It was a mm-hmm. bummer.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um but so we were going to record this Sunday night so the episode was available on Monday. That didn't happen. So we're actually recording this Monday night. Which means that we may be running into headlines. You you're going to be listening to this Tuesday morning going, "Wait a minute. That was that happened yesterday."
0: Yes. Cutting edge from Stolen Droids. We are innovative.
1: Indeed. You know what um,
0: else is innovative? The internet. There's a lot of innovation. What the crap? <laughs> okay, so listeners, you can't see what I just saw. But I'm looking at Zook, and all of a sudden, I see a cat's butt <laughs> in his webcam. So, yeah, now he's now he's making out with his cat, which is awesome. So I
1: have a cat now, people, by the yes, way. His, he, his name is Ninja. He's the official stolen droids cat.
0: And it took forever for me to be able to see him because ninja but anyways (laughs) first website went public 25 years ago do you remember this do you remember um
1: i don't i don't remember exactly what it was i remember that the internet back then was kind of useless it really was but yeah like no one knew what to do with it
0: yeah, Tim Berners-Lee announced the World Wide Web project on August 6th, 1991. And it basically it, it was like just a website with text on it. Talking and about the World Wide Web. This is what this is what we can do with it.
1: In fact, most companies rushed out to buy their domain names, their URLs, and then didn't know what to do with it. I remember I went to like coca-cola.com and it was just a picture. It was like the Coke logo saying, thank you for visiting Coca-Cola.com, and that was it. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, wow, that was useless.
0: Well, it's amazing how far the Internet's come in the last 25 years. I mean, we're old enough and geeky enough to have used, like, Usenet and things like that before the Internet, well, before the World Wide Web was what we know it as today, but I mean... I remember I was in Africa when the internet was really starting to catch on. You go to the mall and you pay per minute for, at at the internet cafe, how much internet you want to use, you know? And it sucked because it was a freaking dial-up and it would take forever for anything to load. So you were paying to watch loading screens.
1: Yeah. 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 Um... And there's this um if you ever watch the uh, chick flick uh the proposal, I think it's Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds uh they end up going up to this little cafe in this little town in Alaska, and she has to check her corporate email and the only place in town that has internet is the cafe and she has to like get a roll of quarters and she's like feeding it in like laundromat style to start up the modem
0: oh jeez
1: and it's like, yeah, that was a real thing, people that yeah, was real
0: it really was, and then I mean. You got AOL, you got, was it Prodigy? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of people, AOL was the internet. You log in and- CompuServe. CompuServe. That was what it was. And so, well done, internet. You are now 25 years old. You can rent a car at a reasonable price
1: you're right, though, how much has changed. We're doing this entire show over the Internet. Twenty five years ago, the medium that we do stolen droids and didn't exist.
0: No, it didn't. Podcasts weren't a thing. It was called radio and you had to be really, really good and get hired by a radio station
1: and had to know how to install RealPlayer real player because it was the only way to stream audio over the Internet.
0: Oh, man, I forgot about
1: that. Yeah, enjoy that. You're going to have nightmares tonight. Yeah.
0: But on the plus side, we did have Napster, and we could illegally download a song in, like, 25 minutes if it was a fast connection. And if there were a lot of people seating.
1: And if it was the copy of the song you wanted and not someone's really crappy basement remix.
0: Yes. Which <laughs> was awful.
1: Happened a lot. It did. Um, Speaking of illegal downloading, something interesting happened this week, and I don't know if we need to talk about this one first or the next headline, because they kind of they seem to conspiracy hat on, they seem to actually relate to each other. Do they? You think I hadn't put two and two together. Well, people are saying, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the lead on this one, okay? Okay. This last week, Edward Snowden, the NSA whistleblower currently living in exile in Russia, tweeted out, it's time. His next tweet was a 25-character hexadecimal key, like an actual verified key. Many people are thinking it was an encryption key. That tweet has since been deleted, but you can still find it in different places. And people were immediately wondering if this was some kind of dead man switch, which he has said he has. He's flat out said that he hasn't published more than maybe a quarter of the documents he got from the NSA. And that if anything were to happen to him, he has it set so they will go public. And then suddenly they have an it's time and an encryption algorithm being sent out. Over the open web, people are wondering if something happened to him, and this was the dead man switch going active. Almost coincidentally, at the same time, suddenly we have all the different torrent sites getting taken offline. In a massive sting, the. US government, working with other authorities, took down what was it, like four different major torrent sites.
0: Um, I know they took down kick ass, which we talked about was it last week Mhm um, and and then all of a sudden, just out of the blue torrents, which is with the z, which has been around forever, it seems um, they just said yep we 're done, and then shut down,
1: yeah, it was out of the blue, suddenly, it was impossible to find a decent torrent. And so the conspiracy theorists were suddenly going on saying, if this is a dead man's switch, if something's happened to him, this could be governments working together trying to shut down any way that people normally disseminate this kind of information.
0: Yeah, and forget about the fact that torrents, torrent sites can be used for legal stuff and torrenting doesn't necessarily have to be Beyonce's new album. It can be
1: completely legitimate. Well, Windows 10 uses a type of BitTorrent to update the OS. You can turn it on in the advanced settings to pull bits and pieces of the update from computers around you and computers on the Internet. So at work, where I have 50 computers all running Windows 10 and one of them is trying to update, it will look to the other computers on the local network and nearby and download the updates in a BitTorrent fashion from them. So it's not limited to just downloading from Microsoft.com.
0: Which is freaking brilliant.
1: Yeah. So BitTorrent is a legal way to transfer large files. But suddenly, all this is happening at once. Now, there are a couple journalists that have worked with Edward Snowden throughout the entire whistleblowing, um, the leaks, the original stories, uh his exile everything trusted ones and they've both said he's fine they don't say anything else they will not talk about anything else they can't they won't say what that encryption key was they've just simply said he's fine and that's it
0: yeah which is kind of interesting and he's been he's gone dark on twitter he hasn't posted anything since this
1: I can't help but wonder what the crap is going on. I'm not... Zahner will tell you this. I've known him... How long have we known each other now? 12 years? 10 years? Something like that. Yeah. I am not the conspiracy nut. I am not the one who looks for more complicated stories in what is typically a simple story. That runs counter to my nature. I am. Oh, yeah. You totally are. (laughs) You're a whore for it, man.
0: I really am.
1: But this sounds like something's going down and it, it can't really help, does. I can't help, but wonder if it has something to do with, I don't know, maybe the elections right now, maybe the fact, just the fact that it's an election year.
0: Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think it's probably, I think there's probably ties to WikiLeaks going on here as well. I think Julian Assange probably has some sort of connection to this. Um, but yeah, I think I would not be surprised if he was taken out. And you know, heaven forbid let's I I hope that's not the case. I hope that I'm wrong, but I would not be surprised if they got to him and he is now either dead or in a very very secret prison that we will never hear from him again.
1: Which is too bad for him because Infinity Wars looked like it was going to be so good. (laughs) And he's going to miss out on that.
0: My wife asked me last night, she said, have you heard of Infinity Wars? I'm like, yes. She said, it's coming out like next year? I said, yeah. And she was reading something about it and she's like, it's got like all the Avengers in it. I said, yeah. And then she starts reading more. She's like, It's got the Guardians of the Galaxy in it. Yeah? Holy crap!
1: (laughs) Yeah, and not just to completely go off on a tangent, did you see the one that uh, Robert Downey Jr. tweeted? It also has the cast from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. listed.
0: Yes, I did see that.
1: I don't know if he's just trolling us now, but... Who knows? Your wife knows who you are, right? She knows that you're aware of this stuff?
0: She does, but I think that... You know, she saw something online and I think she, she always, I think she hopes to find something out that I don't know so that she can be the one to break the news to me.
1: Yeah. My wife does the same thing. She oftentimes fails, but not always.
0: Yeah. Occasionally she tells me about something that I haven't heard about, which is awesome. But, but yeah, Edward Snowden, he's going to miss it. It's a bummer.
1: It really is. If anyone deserves to see it, well, maybe not him, but. He's up there. Uh, let's end this on a funny note, shall we?
0: Because we haven't been funny enough.
1: Eh, there's nothing better than hearing about a Nigerian scammer completely screwing himself over.
0: This is so awesome. We've all
1: received that email. Why don't you go ahead and take this one here?
0: Well, so there's everybody's familiar with the Nigerian email scam... Where you know you get the you get the email saying that they're a displaced royalty and they need they need help getting money out of their country and if you'll give them bank account information and pay for this and this and this, they'll give you portions of their million multi million dollar fortune and apparently one of them loaded some malware on his machine which um Allowed what was it? It allowed the FBI to start watching what he was doing, and yeah, I guess they watched the scammers reroute transactions averaging between thirty and sixty thousand dollars, um, and up up to a total of about. Uh, oh, they even did a four hundred thousand dollar payment from a U.S. Com- chemical company, and so yeah they 've gotten busted because this malware that they accidentally loaded on their own machine um, gave gave the government full access to to everything so they could completely watch I, I just think it 's awesome
1: what 's really funny is the researchers who stumbled across this were able to find different companies that were getting scammed and at one point reached out to one of the companies. Letting them know they were getting scammed and in turn were mistaken as scammers. The irony. <laughs>
0: oh man, it's. It, I just love stories like this where bad people have bad things happen to them.
1: <laughs> I. Yeah. Ah, stupidity knows no bounds, not stupidity. Wow, I just about proved myself right there. Indeed. I think I did, because they then brought it up. All right, so my favorite this week, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the first article, is John Oliver's rant from this last uh, Sunday's show about journalism. And in it, it's about 18 minutes long. He brings up really good points, as he often does, about the decline of journalism. What he doesn't go on to say, though, which we've talked about with uh, with Christy. Uh, from, uh, she's a news producer here in Utah. We've had her on Stolen Droids Presents. Um, Christy and, Porter. Yeah, sorry. Um, is that because journalism has been forced into more and more BuzzFeed-like roles, and it's killed newspapers, killed journalists, killed, not, I shouldn't say killed journalists, but killed journalism, and the integrity of it, it's opened up the door for new media left and right. In fact, many times when people say, oh, check out this article from Forbes, it totally proves why I'm right that Obama's a Muslim. If you go to that article on Forbes.com, you find it wasn't written by Forbes. It was written by a quote-unquote contributor, and Forbes takes no responsibility for anything this person says. They're basically a blogger who was able to get their article up onto Forbes. Yep. Because for some reason, Forbes, and I'm picking on Forbes right now, but because Forbes has decided that, hey, the Huffington Post does it, we can do it too. So you have articles on CNN, Newsweek, USA Today, uh, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, written by contributors. And because that's the case, people like Zahner and I, who do nothing but sit around a microphone once a week, are now considered the media and press. It's cool, though, because we get to go to Comic-Con. It is cool, but I, th- I hope people can understand the irony of it. When we're sitting here going, you yeah, know, something's wrong here. This isn't right. This isn't right.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. I, I mean, how many times have I'm I said... I'm not a journalist. Are you a journalist? No, I'm an idiot with a microphone. I work in IT. Yeah, I mean, how many times have I said we're just idiots with microphones? That's that's what we are. Yet, we're right more often than the journalists are.
1: Because we don't care about clicks. And by the way, we really don't care about clicks. We've never gotten more than a certain amount on any of these shows.
0: <laughs> but, you know, we do, we do have quite a base. We've developed yeah. a, a listener base, which is, you know, it's always weird when you, like, actually have people come up and say, yeah, I know who you are. That that kind of freaks me out a little bit, and it really freaked my wife out when she heard some of the numbers we were pulling, um, especially on on Geek Factor.
1: Yeah. Um, it's nice that people can come up and say, I know who you are. It took me years to figure out who I was. Why do you think you know me so quickly?
0: Yeah, you don't know me. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm <laughs> funny. Okay, Xana, your turn.
0: Okay, my my favorite this week, um, I, I want to hopefully do a a show on Generic Geek about this but Suicide Squad I went and saw it as I do it's what I do and I gotta say I think that the, the critics are wrong I'm just gonna leave it there I think that they're wrong it's a fun fun movie and I highly recommend that everybody go and see it but the cool thing about it and this is actually my favorite, Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie, I think, did an amazing, amazing job.
1: Now, can I just interrupt just for a moment and, and let you address this? Because what was it when they first announced this, when they first showed the picture of the entire squad together? When we didn't know who the crap any of these people were except for Will Smith as Deadshot, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, and you didn't like how she looked. I'm not singling you out. None of us did.
0: You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not a huge fan of the look, um, but it's a different take on the character. And, you know, they do pay homage to, to the classic Harley Quinn look with the Harlequin outfit. And, I thought it was really cool. I thought they did the character very well. And she completely stole the show. Ironically, or not ironically, interestingly enough, I also thought Will Smith did a good job being Will Smith. Uh, I mean, he was Will Smith. It's what he is in every movie. Uh, and, but I, I did like him as Deadshot. So I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see a little more from Captain Boomerang. Uh but, yeah, Margot Robbie was wonderful. And it's cool because she's come out and she, you know, when when actors sign multi-film deals, people will ask them at the press junkets, oh, are, are you going to do a sequel? Will you be back for the sequel? Oh, yeah, we'll see what schedule permits and blah, blah, blah. She comes out and she says, yeah, I really want to play Harley Quinn forever. I that's that's awesome because she did a good job and i really liked her in the role so if you haven't seen suicide squad yet i recommend you go do so ignore the critics and if you don't like it tell me you don't like it and zon will okay. reimburse you and i will not we will take it out, <laughs> we will take it out of zook's budget for the show uh, <laughs> so yeah you won't get anything
1: uh all right well that is our show this week be warned, Zoner is telling you to go see a movie that has 20% on Rotten f- Tomatoes.
0: But if you look at the audience rating, it's in the upper 70s.
1: True, true that, true that. Let us know what you thought of the movie. Stolen droid- f- feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Again, follow us on Twitter, friend us on Facebook. Let us know about those internet speeds and any other questions you might have. Until next time, cheers.
0: Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media production.